I genuinely believe I lived here in my last life. And I believe I died in, in, uh, in probably World War II and was born in 1956 in Philadelphia. That's what I believe because when I moved here, never wanting to ever move here, by the way, and fate brought me here, but and it still happens. I will walk into certain buildings and I know where things are and I've never been there before. Hello and welcome to Here in L.A. Hollywood Edition. You know what's crazy? This is the fourth episode we've had in just 11 days. And um, I appreciate all the support that you guys have given us through social media, uh, the flowers, the letters, the pretty girls that have knocked on my door. Hello! Hello! Um, today, we have a very a very cool guest. Um, we've been talking to some really, really interesting people. Uh, today, we're going to go to some interesting places. Thanks to our guest, Brian Donnelly, who's a longtime Hollywood tour guide. And don't let his uh, Philly accent fool you. He has been here for 20 years giving tours. And today he's going to take me around Hollywood, which is incredible. Um, I'm just, we we got to get to it, but just let me... Let me just show you just the names of the things, the people that we're going to talk about in this hour. The man who wrote the Wizard of Oz books, the Go-Go's, John Doe, Montgomery Cliff, honey, Marilyn Monroe, Janis Joplin in a Mercedes Benz, Mr. Charles Manson, Mr. Didi Ramone, Mr. Musso and Mr. Frank, Nirvana. Elvis. Who else we got? Uh, oh yeah, Harry Houdini's ghost. If that ain't enough for you, I don't know what is. I don't know how we're going to fit all this into one humble podcast, but we're going to try. We're going to squeeze it in. Honey, get the lube. Welcome to Here in L.A. Hello, hello, rock and roll people, kids of all ages. We are on the corner of Yucca and Cherokee with the great Brian Donnelly. Thank you. I walk down this area all the time. I've been at this intersection all the time. Beautiful women walking by, it's no big deal. Palm trees, all kinds of trees actually on this street. That's all I see. I see kind of a decrepit building here on the uh, southeast <laughs> side. What is that, the Canterbury? the Canterbury? But when you look at it, you see history. And, and Brian, that's why I say that you're the great Brian Donnelly, and you're going to tell us a little bit about L.A. history uh, on this podcast, and so I thank you. Not only LA history, my neighborhood, which is one of the things I'm really proud of. We live in the middle of people's bucket lists, but I live in dead center of people's bucket lists. People from around the world want to come to Hollywood Boulevard, and I live a block off the boulevard. And it is heaven on earth to me because it's it is the history that it is. And to stand here, uh, and it's kind of it's, it's the sad thing is it's you look at something, you look at the building, that little apartment building right here, um, and you know we're, we're looking at the uh, south uh, west corner. It's, it's called the Yucca something apartments anyway, uh, Yucca Palm or some yucca gardens but what used to be there was l frank Baum's house who's that who wrote the wizard of oz in fact he wrote the last four wizard of oz books of the series here he had an extensive garden going into the back and when he died here in the house his final words were i finally get to cross the sandy plains which is one of the if you ever see a map of oz you'll see he's going back to that but his house was here he died 
Maude lived here till she died in the early the mid 50s and then they tore the house down but this piece of crap for God's sake so that used to be a single family home yes so why this corner is important to you well this corner is important to me um, for a couple of reasons one is it's I live within yards of it um, but um, do you really want me to go through what I, the story that I... Yes! Okay. Um, here's the thing about me. Uh, for those of you who may not know this, uh, I, I've been a tour guide for... I lived here 21 years. I've been a tour guide for 19 of those 21 years in Los Angeles. And um, a few years ago, I became an epileptic. And I lost everything because you can't drive as an epileptic. And I was having a breakdown one day. And I was standing here at this corner uh, crying my eyes out. And literally all I was looking at the corner. And I was looking at the decrepit building you just mentioned, which is the Canterbury. It used to be called the Artiste. Uh, and... Um, and I was looking at that and, and, and looking at what you, where Al Frank bombs us. And out loud, while I'm crying, I said to myself, I know that that is the, the Canterbury. That is where the Go-Go's, the germs, John Doe used to live. That's where the Go-Go's basically formed, essentially. I know that Al Frank Baum's house used to be here. I know that this is the intersection where Percy Kilbride, who played Pa Kettle in Mom Pa Kettle movies, was hit and killed by a car. Okay, I know all this and I can't tell anybody. And then I had the realization, but I can still walk and talk. So that's how my walking tours of Behind the Boulevard came about, of starting at what is the Roosevelt and then coming up and going down. We're in the middle of Crack Alley. This is, if you're not aware of it, the Yucca Corridor is called Crack Alley. It used to be called Rose. And if you go back and you see other things, you can look at other pictures of the building this recreation center here is because of the 94 earthquake and older buildings were torn down and so they built the newer stuff um so i've been trying to contact the city i want them to get the to, to rename this l frank bomb square uh, and get the kids involved in this so that's that's one of the things in my back pocket right now well you mentioned the roosevelt yes. how about we head over there right now all right Okay, so uh, we are at Orange and Hollywood, the famous Hollywood Roosevelt. Yep. And uh, I'll I'll let you know the one thing I I know two things about the Hollywood oh, Roosevelt. The Oscars. One of the earliest Oscars was held here. Technically, as the Academy Awards, these were the these, these were these were they had a different name here, but this was the first Oscar. These were the first awards here. Yes. Beautiful. Oh, yes. Uh, they were called the Awards of Merit when they were here. Look, you know the shit. You know it. Just, also, I heard it's haunted. Uh, the, yes, I, I mean, we, I, I know haunting is it can be um, objective or subjective, whichever one of those two words applies here. Um, but there are numerous ghost stories. Do you want? Would, would you care for some of them? I, I have a personal one, actually. Oh. Yes, this is this is a me thing. Um, there is the, the Blossom Room is where they had the first Academy Awards. Now, for those of you who don't know, if when you walk through the front door, and sometimes they can be really picky about some of the stuff, so walk straight through on the right-hand side uh, where the archways are or the doors to get into the Blossom Room. And usually they're locked because they're locked or because of an event or something like that. But if you go up the steps that are directly in front of you, which are the steps that, Mary, that Shirley Temple learned how to tap dance with Bojangles Robinson for the movie The Little Colonel because it matched up that way. So he taught her there how to do that. So if you go up those steps, when you get to the top of the steps and you turn left, just past the elevators, which are on the left-hand side, you're going to see these double doors. Try both of them. That will take you in this little ante room and then try the next set of doors. And usually one of them is unlocked, which will take you to the balcony that overlooks the Blossom Room. And you can sneak in that way. So one day I was in... The, now I have... I don't go anywhere without a camera. I have this little Canon PowerShot. It's a it's a it's a fine camera, but it's it's not 
it's not a professional camera by any stretch of imagination. I took the camera in there and I was in the blossom room on the balcony and I took it and what I did was this. I I took I had put the flash up and I took one photograph. I counted the five and I took a second photograph. Now, usually whenever I get home, people, you know, do you get any good pictures? I don't know I get home and I look at them because I don't look at things. So I just, I, I, I shoot photographs by feeling. When I got home, the first photograph, perfectly normal. You see, you see the, the chandeliers, you see everything, you see the carpet, fine. Second photograph, there were orbs everywhere. Big orbs, little orbs. Now, if you're into orbs, those are the spirits or the souls or whatever they are of people past, that kind of a thing. Uh, and so, and my first thought was I saw the big one. I thought, oh my God, that's like, you know, that's uh, Georgie Jessel or somebody, somebody that had a big ego, Al Jolson, for God's sake. Uh, but my first thought was, holy cow, look at all these orbs. And then my second thought was, oh my God, me moving around on the flash going off, this is a fucking dirty room. Because <laughs> I just figured it's just, the, it's really just the dust when you really get down anyway. to it. But that was, yeah, that's my own personal experience with this. The other things here, um, Montgomery Cliff used to stay here. Uh, and one of my favorite stories about that is a, 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 a guy was staying here one day and he, he woke up and he looked over from his bed and Montgomery Cliff was sitting in a chair across from his bed and Montgomery Cliff was just staring out the window smoking a cigarette. And he said, I didn't feel scared or any, these are, I do a lot of research. I read thousands of books and all about, so you, I try and compare stories, but I, this one I came across a number of times. He said, I didn't scare me anything. I just saw him. and he was just there smoking a cigarette and then he just disappeared. And he said, it was perfectly fine. Another one, and this is my, my favorite creepy one is he likes to lie on top of people. Apparently if you're in bed, yes, you'll feel weight on top of you. And a woman was lying in bed one night and the story goes that she felt her husband cuddle up spooning next to her and when she cuddled and she turned to be with her husband she opened her eyes and her husband came walking out of the bathroom and she freaked out they went downstairs and they checked out of the room they had to move rooms they, they could not stay there that night uh, that freaked her out too much I feel like people would pay extra for that I, well, thank you and people <laughs> people stay here on purpose because of that and they hope to get um, I want to say 1026 is the, is the Montgomery Cliff room I, I'm, I'm not sure but I believe that's what it is 1026 uh, also Marilyn's mirror is in here now, Marilyn's mirror was a mirror that was in 1200, which was Marilyn's room. Marilyn stayed here. She did her first photo shoot on the diving board here for a suntan commercial, things like that. But um, she stayed here a lot. And room 1200 was a room that she was in, had a mirror, in a full-length mirror. And after she had passed, they were redecorating things like that. The mirror was down in the lobby. And one day, the story goes that one of the workers was cleaning the mirror. And she saw a woman behind the mirror leaning in to do her makeup. And she turned around and went, oh, I'm sorry, and to get out of the way. And when she turned around, there was no one there. And when she turned back, she sees Marilyn Monroe in the mirror doing her makeup. And that's when this, and it was one of those, if you remember any of the Twilight Zones where you see a mirror and in the background you see like the past, that people see that kind of a thing um, where they've seen Marilyn in this mirror. It went away for a while because they redid the, re, they redid it, the, the lobby a couple of times. So it's gone, it's been gone. And then it had been gone for it had been gone for about the last six or seven years. And right before it returned again, which was right before COVID hit, uh, I was in taking, bring a, a group in on a tour and I happened to see one of the managers. I said, so um, I'm just curious as to why did you guys get rid of Marilyn's mirror? Well, it's in storage right now. But you just had this whole redone thing here. It's, well, yeah, see, it was causing problems because people were coming in. It was causing a lot of people and it was just causing too much with people. And I went... And this is what and I looked at him. I said, so I want to make sure I understand what you just said. So your newly redone lobby, you, 
this mirror is causing too many people to come in to see your newly redone lobby, so you put it in storage. And he looked at me with a straight face and went, yes. <laughs> and I was like, fine. But now it's back. So when you walk up midway through those steps, you'll see the full-length mirror that was Marilyn's mirror. And you can have your picture taken standing there, sitting on the steps, and you'll see it right there. It's a, it's about a, God, it looks like it's almost about nine, ten feet tall. It's, it's a beautiful, large mirror. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really, it's really quite cool. Uh, once you know the Shirley Temple story, you can't help but walk up the steps. And then when you walk back down, you start tap dancing down the steps. Um, now, now uh, you, you mentioned the diving board on the pool. The last yeah. time I was at that pool, I didn't recognize. I didn't see a diving board. I don't think there's a diving board there anymore. She, but there's, you'll see photographs of her. Which, on a diving board, though, which, yeah. Which makes sense. We're we're in a litigious uh, oh. world now. Oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? But uh, anything else from Hollywood uh, Roosevelt before we uh, uh, go somewhere else? Any, people, just for the the knowledge, what history wise, it opened up three days um, before the Chinese theater did. Oh. So it opened up three days apart, which made for a hell of a great weekend when you think of it that way. I think that's kind of cool. But uh, if any of you listening to this, uh, you can stay here. It's it's fun to stay here. I, I've stayed here a number of times. It's not all that expensive, but it's also a once-in-a-lifetime thing to be able to stay here. So if you have the opportunity, you know, do it because it's you're right on Hollywood Boulevard. That's One cool. other thing that people don't realize, even if you're a local, is you can go to the pool here. Uh, you pay, I think, 20 bucks, and you can go to the pool. And if you don't want to go to the pool, the bar is, is nice, and you, you don't have to be a guest to be at the bar. No, you don't, no, you don't, no. It's, it's just, a, it's it's one of the places, much like something like a Moose Run Frank's Zombie, when you walk into it, you just, you automatically have that feeling of old Hollywood, or like the smokehouse. You walk in, it's like, I know where I am, I'm home, I belong, I have that feel. That's, this is it, this, this will, it will never lose it. So the, uh, the reason why I asked you to pull over here is because this little place right here is called the, the it's called the Mediterranean. Uh, We're at 1776 North Sycamore, which is in between Franklin and Hollywood Boulevard on Sycamore. Yes, and it has two different reasons why I show it to tourists. Okay. One is a rock and roll reason, Ooh. and the rock and roll reason has to do with just past where those scooters are sitting right there is where Bobby Fuller died. Bobby Fuller, who wrote I Fought the Law but and the Law Won. His, his car was parked right there. Uh, and what happened was, it was, a, it was a, about a week or so after it had hit, uh, it had hit the charts. Uh, and he was found dead inside of his car. No. Yeah. Just a couple weeks after that yeah. He Now, what happened was he and some friends were in his apartment here. With, he lived with his mom in his apartment here at the Mediterranean. It wasn't called the Mediterranean at the time. It was called whatever it was called here. But they lived here. And um, they some argument happened, and he walked out of the house. The next morning, he was found here in his car. His arms, his hands were bruised. He had bruises on his face, and he, um, the the car inside the car, there was a, 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 about a gallon of gasoline that was opened. So, it ha and it was, some of it was gone, and it was on his on him, and he had apparently swallowed some of it, and they called it a suicide. No, to this day, it's never been figured out. But supposedly, he killed himself by beating himself up and forcing himself to swallow gasoline. So, and it happened after an argument here. Now that's the, the one thing that happened here. The other thing that happened here is uh, a thing that, it's called the Black Widow Murders. 
and they were Olga, as her name was Olga Ruderschmidt and uh, and uh, Helen Golay, and they were two women who would um, take in boarders that they would help out. Oh, I'm going to help you, and here, just sign these papers, and no one should help us, and do this kind of thing. Uh, and they ended up having 19 life insurance policies and made all this money, and they murdered all these guys. Old uh, ladies did? Yeah, yeah these, yeah, these. So two like uh, arsenic yeah. and old lace. It's exactly what it was. It was it was Hollywood's version of arsenic and old lace, and they did it. They did. They had 19 insurance policies uh, on these guys for um, a little over two million dollars that they did. Over yeah. over what kind of period of time do you do you um, remember? Oh, I don't no, I don't remember the exact time frame. I, I want to say it was in the seventies though, but I can't remember. Because because exactly. I mean that's a lot of people dying. Well, it was well, it was it was it was, it was um, two people, but nineteen insurance policies. And and if you and they, and they both both guys died the same way, and they found them a couple blocks apart from each other in alleyways down south of here, off of La Cienega and stuff. I mean, they did the same thing twice, which is just stupid. You don't, yeah. don't you learn anything from TV shows? Well, maybe these, you know, there's a lot of people who don't watch TV. There you go. Now, so, so what's interesting about this Mediterranean apartment complex, it looks very average. There's no, there's nothing. I mean, there's some nice palm trees. You, there's a little, little pool right here. It's completely, it's, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect to find right in the middle of Hollywood like this. Just typical apartment complex. Much like what we're looking up ahead of us right up here, the Highland Gardens Hotel, which I think should be our next stop. Okay, fair enough. So... What what do you got about that? The Highland Gardens Hotel used to be called the Landmark, and aside from the fact, um, th there's a, a fascinating documentary you can find called Camp Hollywood about people who've lived here for years. Uh, Ron Jeremy, I don't even know he might still live there, but Ron Jeremy. Be this this is about people who lived in this hotel. It's called Camp Hollywood. It's about it's about people who still still live. I mean, as far as I know, a lot of them still live in this hotel. And you know, it's interesting. I've never heard of this hotel. Really. It was called the Landmark for many years. Now it's uh, and now it's called the Highland Gardens, uh, and this is where Janis Joplin died of a drug overdose. No. Yeah, on October fourth, nineteen sixty nine, she Janis Joplin died uh, in room one hundred five here. Uh, this is where I had my fifty uh, third birthday party. And <laughs> Why? Because Janis Joplin died in <laughs> that room, and I love Janis Joplin. What do you, did did you did you party in the room? <laughs> Of course. He's looking at me like I'm the crazy one. We let out masking tape the shape where her body was actually found. Um, oh so, God. yes, it was It was, uh, It was. was one of the best birthday parties of my life. Yes, it was quite delightful. And a lot of people came because, you want, obviously, you, you want to go be in the room with Jenna. Now, if you go into the room... Um, and I, I'll, I'll send you the pictures because I, there are, there's Janis Joplin graffiti everywhere. You open up the door, you open up the bathroom. There's people written on, there's lyrics written on the all over the closets, everywhere. There's Janis Joplin stuff all over the room. It's and the crazy. hotel doesn't paint over this. They no, like it. No, no. Part of it is you'll even find my signature in there from the three times, three different to dates that I stayed there. How, how um, much did it cost you to get this room on oh, your birthday? I can't remember. It's like, oh, it's about a hundred bucks. It's not so great. was it, they, they're, they're not... No, they're not. Uh, oh no, they're not gouging you because it's Jenna. Oh no, 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 no. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a room. And I, I was fine. Um, um, my, um, my girlfriend at the time, um, she had some creepy things happen to her that night. That, that, that but she's more was more into that kind of stuff. I, I love Janice. Maybe Janice knows I love her, and she just was like, Brian, you're cool. And and what's interesting to me about the, the fact that they've kept the room going is when Whitney Houston died at the Beverly Hilton. Yes, they uh, got rid of that bathroom and made it, I think, a, just a really big suite. They did, and they also changed all the room numbers on the floor so that people stop people from even standing at the exact. And what I tell people is, just go downstairs, 
find the, the room below it and then let's go upstairs. You know what room it is. You know where the door is. And, and so I guess it's just two different approaches of hotel management. This particular place is embracing. It's chosen to embrace it. Which is the sm- People are going to do it anyway if you're into it. So you, in all honesty, you might as well embrace it and make it make it a reason why people want to. It, it just makes sense to me. There's a, a hotel on Santa Monica Boulevard in La Cienega where um, Jim Morrison used to be in. But you see the pictures I have of that. I, I You've been in that room too? I stayed there. Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> but what, again, what I like about it is they allow graffiti. And, and it continues. And it, and it even continues. Now, the, one of the things, one of the closets in Janice's room, they actually put up plexiglass over part of it because it's so old. They don't want anybody to mess up that one, one of the parts of it. So they've even embraced the history of its own history, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. But even in the, in the, in the Jim Morrison thing, yeah, there's, um, and to this day, you can still, people have still have fresh stuff right there. Is there a pool there? There's got to be a front. Oh, Germans yeah, here. Oh, heavens, yes, there's a pool. It, so, this is kind of a fun hotel. Oh, it's a, it's a, and you're and again, you 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 walk out the front door, you're looking right at the Roosevelt at the other end of the Hollywood Boulevard. You're one literally one block off of Hollywood Boulevard. So it's a marvelous place. That you're right next to the Magic Castle, um, and you're just down from the outpost. So you can go up to Mulholland if you're if you if, if you're driving. You're right along. It's it's just in a perfect spot. You got any information about the Magic Castle? Um, I do have. I have some things about the Magic Castle. You need an invitation. You do have to. You do have to have an invitation. Essentially, an, an quote unquote an invitation um, from a magician. From, yeah, because you get a card from them. You can actually get a card from them, uh, and then and then you have to you go in. If you have, I'm assuming you've been. No, well, I don't. I don't know any magicians. Oh. Let's see what I can do about that. Well, I'm just saying that I, no, we don't run into each other's is, circles. Uh, what happens is um, you, the, the, the the room where the, the the guy who had it built, Roland Lane, the guy who had it built, the room where he died is now the room where they have the Houdini seance room, and you can have dinner and you have a seance in that room. That's the room where the guy actually died, first of all. But when you walk into the lobby, yes, you um, you check in, and then you have to turn, and there's a bookcase, and there's a gold owl, and you have to stand in front of the owl, and you have to say uh, the magic words, and his eyes light up, and then the bookcase opens, and you walk in. Uh, you have to wear shirt and tie, uh, suit and tie. I mean, it's, oh. it's, oh, yeah. Maybe that's another reason I haven't yeah, been invited. Yeah, are, are required. Um, uh, uh, the magic shows happy. The cool thing is, it's not just the magic shows. It's you're sitting at the bar having a drink, and some guy will just walk up next and go, "Hi, pick a card," and and he'll just do five minutes with just you, just right there, and it's the coolest thing because because that's just what they do there. Uh, it is supposedly haunted. Um, there's a gentleman who um, died uh, when he got to the front door. He had a heart attack and died. One of one of the one of the performers there. Oh. A long time performer from one and then I heard recently another guy hung himself in yes, there. Yes, he did. He hung himself. He was well. What happened was uh, he was um, people were waiting for his show, and it was to begin at say eight o'clock, eight ten or whatever, and he didn't come out. And 
and after a couple of minutes, somebody went in to find him, and he had hung himself in a closet just off stage. Um, he was a rope specialist, which is the oh, part, yeah. uh, and that's not. I, I, I don't say that to make a joke. Right. I find I said that to be that's fascinating to me. Uh, but it, that was, he did rope tricks and things like that, and he ended up hanging wow. himself. Yeah, irony. So yeah, yeah, there really is. Yeah. So another thing I heard about the Magic Castle, trying to trying to get out of the darkness and into some some more levity, <laughs> is I hear that there is a quote unquote haunted piano. Oh where, heavens! Where if you ask for a request, okay. it'll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really wish I knew how this worked. Honest to God, I have no idea. If you put a dollar in the birdcage, uh-huh. the piano will play whatever you want. I have never heard anybody say a song the piano did not know. Wow. And sometimes, and sometimes if you're, if you're gentle, like you give, oh, you give more, you know, I've been with people and somebody said, um, oh, well, here we go, zippity doo dah. And she started playing zippity doo dah for God's sake, just because they said the words, and it's just started playing right there. So either I don't know how she does it, yeah. but she's amazing, and yeah, and it's better than Siri. If I ask oh, my, if when I ask Siri to play "Blinded by the Light," <laughs> sometimes I get two out of three ain't bad by Meatloaf. Oh my God! Yeah, this is bad. Yeah, she's better. Maybe this is where Siri can, but yes, yeah, that's yeah, definitely better. Than Siri. Is it? Is it like a player piano where you don't even see anything? You just see the keys move. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. That's yeah. awesome. How much approximately does it cost to uh, go to the Magic? Well, I mean, it's the, you know having a, a nice dinner and things like that, dinner and drinks. I mean, you can get out for, you know, a hundred and, uh, and two. I've, I've gotten out of there on a date for a hundred and a quarter, hundred and little more than that, including tip. Fair enough. I just want people to have a ballpark. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, if you go to their Facebook page, actually, because they've been doing, because of what's happened, they've done a lot of things. You go back, they've done, a lot of shows are online now where you can see things like that. But they have specials, the events, and they have things where you don't have to be a member to because they want to regenerate. We're coming back. So you can check it out and people can go in there. Those who have not had the experience before the tourists come back and ruin everything, go to the Magic Castle now before everything gets messed up. That's now you, that in the nicest okay. possible way. Be- because, by the way, you give tours to these tourists. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, heavens, yes. I could not live without these people. Oh, heavens, yes. We're trying to go to Muso and Frank. <laughs> And Brian just, we're, we're stuck in traffic on Franklin and Orchid, and you mentioned Ashton Kutcher, who I don't care about, because yeah. he stole my girlfriend, Mila. Ah, oh, there you go. And um, you're telling me about Manson shooting somebody? Well, yeah, Manson used to live over at the corner where Orchid is, at the northeast corner of Orchid and Franklin. He used to live there in apartment number 306. It's a, it's a white uh, apartment complex and now. There was an apartment building here, what is now the parking lot for the, the, the Magic Castle, and there was a guy living here uh, who they, they they needed some money, the Manson family needed some money, so they're going to rip this guy off on a pot deal. And when uh, he they, when, when Tex Watson ripped him off for like three thousand dollars worth of pot, this guy and I, he's, I I wish I could remember the guy's name, he had a delightful name. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was like one of those big guys, but his name was Pee Wee, one of those kind of things. But anyway, uh, he said, "I'm going to go up to that ranch," meaning Spawn. He said, "I'm going to go up to that ranch and fucking kill every one of them." And Charlie went and shot this guy. He I thought I thought only time Charles Manson they know of that ever shot a gun. And he shot anybody, and he shot him with the same blunt line that they used in the Manson murders anyway. So it tied everything all together. In the end, it all came together. Blunt line is that a gun? That's the, gun, the kind of gun that, that he was shot that, that they killed um, 
and try and take them. I'm, I'm a hippie um, pacifist, so I, I don't know about oh, your yeah, fancy yeah, guns. Like, um, this is where Didi Ramon died, right there. We, 6740 yeah. Franklin. His widow still lives there. Didi was the uh, bass player whose statue is in uh, Hollywood Forever? Yes. Uh, and so Didi, well, but Didi's ashes aren't there. Didi's ashes are here in the apartment with the wife. When the wife dies, they're all going to be placed in the, in the... So people go there thinking, oh, it's a beautiful statue of Didi, but Didi's not actually there. His ashes are in the living room with his wife. <laughs> and you know what? It, it's like, it's a fine apartment building, but I would I would have hoped that the guitar player, the Ramones, would have like a, a real house. <laughs> you, you know, that's a good point. That's Rock and roll just doesn't pay anymore. Um, you a lot longer. That's, that's the Pretty Woman Hotel where they film Pretty Women. Okay, we're at 1739 Las Palmas. Yeah, and that fire escape right there is the ending of the movie right there where he meets her in the fire escape right there. Spoiler alert. And look at this. There's a new uh, building. Yes, this is all brand new. Uh, and it's on the opposite side. When you come into the, the parking lot of Musso and Frank on the other side here, this is what they built on, he, on here. Uh, this, is, this is called Beetle House. This is a nightclub that's based on Tim Burton movies. We're still in Los Palmas, uh, really close to Hollywood Boulevard. Now, um, the, the, this Beetle House... Where was the Las Palmas? I guess that Beetle House was. The the club that um, oh Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, all those people used to go to. That was, that was the Las Palmas there, yes. Yes, and now yeah. it's all black. It's just, um, it's, it's... But like Cobra Snake used to uh, film all these um, great parties there in uh, the early 2000s. You kids and your music. <laughs> that rock and roll you listen Believe to. Believe it or not, they were not there for the music. Oh, okay. They were there just to be seen. Oh, it used to be called LAX back in the day. Uh, we're turning here. You see that tattoo parlor across the street there uh, on the corner. That was the Gold Cup from the Jackson Brown song on the boulevard, down on the boulevard, down at the Golden Cup. That's where you used to pick up um, male prostitutes. Jackson Brown used to... No, 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 no. Jackson Brown sang about that. But that's... Ah. Jackson Brown did... No, I... So there used to be male hookers on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, heavens, yes. Oh, yeah. And so that's what that song is about? That song is about the male hustlers on Hollywood Boulevard, living down on the boulevard, yeah. And as we know now, the male prostitutes are on Santa Monica Boulevard. Are they? <laughs> yes. I, 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 okay. Santa Monica and I don't drive Highland. anymore, so I can't answer that question. Come on. <laughs> you said you've lived a life. <laughs> Okay, so now we're turning left so on Cherokee. We're, turning, we're back on where we started this whole thing coming from Cherokee. Uh, and um, what we got here is... Um, Look at all this fencing. What? Uh, well, yes, yeah, it's, it's the Musso and Frank parking lot now. Here, we'll, we'll just park so right here. This is, this is the opposite side of that Archer place that you saw, the new building here. Yeah. So here we have Musso and Frank um, opening in 1919. Uh, they're opening up another section of it, having a private room section that they're adding on to it, which is going to be... They're, they're adding on to another, another another room onto the on the there. west side uh, on the east side yes oh really so you walk into the front the the, the front that you walk in front that you walk in now is not the original room anyway mm -hmm. uh, and then you, so the, the, the next room is where the bar is that was the original room um, now the sign says it's the whole oldest uh, in Hollywood do you agree um, should we not believe the sign. No, I do. I, as far as I know, Michelli's is the oldest Italian restaurant, and this, as far as I know, is the is the actual oldest restaurant. It, it, I don't know anything that was back prior to me. Michelli's is on Las Palmas and uh, just south of. Hollywood. So super close. So that's 1949. That's the oldest Italian restaurant, and then yeah, this is 19. I don't know of anything. So maybe the oldest bar is Musso and Frank in 1919. No, it opened up as a as a restaurant and bar. I mean, it opened oh. up back then. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't consider this Italian. Oh heavens no! What would you consider it? 
just a steakhouse, right? I mean, not it's just. more than just a steakhouse. There you go. Uh, it is on Thursdays. It is the home of the greatest chicken pot pie that God ever created. What? I, mean, I love chicken I, pot pie. You, you can find my video on my YouTube channel about the best chicken pot pie in Hollywood. I made a video about chicken pot pie in Hollywood, and this is number one. Is it? Is it large? Pig and Whistle's number two, but this it's, Pig and Whistle has good chicken pot pie. Pig and Whistle's excellent chicken pot pie. This podcast um, is worth it right now. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, but the the, the, the chicken pot pie at Moose and Frank, uh, part of it is the presentation because they ha they do this whole presentation how they serve it to you. The meat in it, it's I, and I this is a phrase that I use. It's the size of baby's fist. A chunk of chicken, the size of a child's, a little baby's fist. It's amazing stuff. I, I want that. Yeah, it is. It's it's. I don't drink. They're known for their martinis. Um, Beverly gets an uh, extra dirty gray goose. With all extra olives. Do you smoke weed? Oh yes. Well, it's because of my epilepsy, so it's good for me to do that. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. It's drink. medicine. I haven't drank. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. But otherwise, um, other things. It's not. So it's not just Italian. Uh, there's a there's a South, Southern California fish called sand dabs. This has the best sand dabs I've ever had in my life. Um, they're yes, they're steaks. Now, people, if you're going to come here and you're going to be a, play tourist for the day, and I encourage all of you come to Hollywood and be a tourist for a day. Uh, but if you come to Moose and Frank, yes, sit at the booth. There's the Charlie Chaplin booth where Charlie, when you first walk in on the left hand side, that was Charlie Chaplin's favorite booth. Uh, the one next to that was um, was um, Mary Pickford's favorite booth. At the end of the counter, I always say sit at the counter. Yes. If you're at the counter and you're watching them cook, that's the show into itself. But at the right as you walk in at the end of the counter, there's marks in the wall because there's chair swivel. You'll see marks in the wall. That was Steve McQueen's spot. And he would park his motorcycle outside and he would swivel around to keep an eye on his bike and it, it like digs into the wall. So you can still see the marks where Steve McQueen would turn around to look at his motorcycle outside. It still exists there. He had all the money in the world. Who cares if he, his motorcycle was stolen? That's He really loved that motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> People say, "Where can I go to see tourists?" It is a it's a tourist spot. Um, no, no, people say, "Where can I go to see celebrities?" Well, oh, I'm sorry, celebrities. That's my mind. No, that's uh, fine. I was I, I mentioned Stan Stan Goldstein, who a photographer for Springsteen. We're sitting in here one day, and I'm sitting across from him at a booth, and he holds up he's holding up his menu behind the menu. He says, "Hey, Brian, um, is Elliot Gould sitting behind me?" And I leaned over and I went. Oh, hi, Mr. Gould. How are you? And he goes, hi, how are you? And David Spade comes walking by and just stands there and starts talking to Elliot Gould. I mean, stuff like this. And it's, it literally is perfectly natural. It's become popular now because of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it's, 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 it's having a renaissance, going through a renaissance, if you will. It, they just got its own star on the Walk of Fame, as a matter of fact. Which it didn't need a renaissance because it was always yeah. cool. Yeah. And everybody always knew. In fact, um, Charles Bukowski, once he finally made his money... He would drink there all the time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, there was next door with what they called the writer's room, and you would have Bukowski or Hemingway and Faulkner and um, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and they would sit there and just shoot the shit. Faulkner would get up and literally go behind the bar and just make his own drinks. Okay. <laughs> These are regular stories that are about the place. Yeah. So, and then that room is what became the room now that you, that you, where you're the main dining room now, uh, and things moved around. So they're adding another room to it. It's, I also like that, that uh, the, the dudes who work there, a lot of them have worked there for years and years. Oh heavens! And yes. they're dressed up real classy. And they, nice. are, they, they, it is, it is, it is exactly the class you expect. But if you, if you get in there, you don't leave because it is family. They took care of their people here. We, we donated. People donated to help, to help cover costs to make sure they didn't lose anybody. But you have people, bartenders that work there recently passed away. They've been there for thirty years and they knew everybody. You walk in, they know what you want. It's right automatically right there. Things like that. So yeah, it's. 
it's 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 number one in everything. Yeah. You mentioned uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. I uh, I was speaking to a bunch of uh, location managers and location scouts about Musso and Frank, mm-hmm. and why is it that we have seen a few movies that were shot there, but but for the way that it looks, you would expect a lot more movies because oh, nothing that, you can't recreate that. That's real. That's an excellent point. And and their answer to me was they don't like to shut down ever. And so if you're going to shoot a movie like this, even if you're Quentin Tarantino, the other side of the restaurant's gonna still be open. So you have to deal with us is basically their their point of view. When you're that good, you can make the, your own rules and that that's that's, right. that's that's the way it works. I love that. I love that. Okay, uh, anything else? Uh, well, first of all... Oh, one more thing about the place. Uh, if you're going to come in here, you can either walk in through the front door, and you'll see right there, go in the back door. Uh, when you're walking through the back door, you will pass by when you go through the... the, the what do you call those? Doors? Double doors? Double doors, yeah. Uh, on your right-hand side, right as you enter the restaurant, uh, is the oldest phone booth in, in Hollywood. It was the first phone booth in Hollywood. There's still a phone in it, but it's not the original phone. But it is the original phone booth, and it's the first phone booth in Hollywood. And it's still there. It's got a plaque for it and all that kind of stuff. So if I have so enough quarters, I can call my mom? Oh, there you go. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a regular, it's, but I think it's just it's kind of it's neat that you, they still celebrate. Okay. Uh, I want to go to uh, the Knickerbocker Hotel now. Knickerbocker away. All right. can't even get to the hotel because you tell me that we're about to cross where the father of Hollywood lived. This is a neighborhood podcast about Hollywood. Tell me about the father of Hollywood. The father of Hollywood. His name was Hobart Whitley. Hobart Johnstone Whitley. So hold on. So there's a Hobart Street and yes. there's a Whitley Street. Yes. Both all, named after him. There's also a Grace that's named after his daughter. Oh. And Emmett that's named after his son. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So yes. Um, but tell yeah. me about Hobart. Well, Hobart Whitley. Uh, Hobart Whitley worked for the railroad, and he created about 200 towns in the United States, uh, coming from the Oklahoma, uh, went from Oklahoma over. Uh, as the railroad extended, uh, he created towns, and then would move on. And um, he lived in Los Angeles, and came up here. And he and his wife fell very much in love with the area here, and they created what ended up becoming Hollywood. Was was there it's not just Ada Wilcox everybody knows the story of Ada Wilcox no they don't oh well Ada Wilcox is the mother of Hollywood okay and between the two of them they each owned one side of it it became an entire town essentially but Whitley Heights is an area up on a hill that still has all the old homes from the 1920s where Marion Davies and everybody and Hobart's original houses and things like that so, so, so I'd he, like to go up he there with found you. one of the, the highest peaks at the time that people oh. were living in he and, built he, and he, he, built, he built he built all the homes up there oh yeah Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was more than just a railroad guy. He oh, yeah. A, he he, cre- he was a creator. He built towns. He built homes. He was a... Should I turn right on Argyle? Uh, where are we going? We're, we're trying to go to the... Uh, <laughs> oh, the, it's on Ivar, uh, for God's sake. Okay. Uh, did I did I pass it? No. I don't... I get confused where I am. Okay. Oh, that's the Hollywood Tower. Yeah, it's that way. Because we're on this side of mine. I did pass it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, they can go that way. All right. So <laughs> tell, tell me a little bit more. Tell me about the mother of Hollywood. Uh, Diana Wilcox. Uh, Diana Wilcox um, was, um, she was a woman who married um, Harvey Wilcox uh, from Ohio. They were from Ohio. Did they meet out here? No, they met now. He he was much older than her and she married somebody who was older than her and um, they, they, 
and she lost a child and oh. then uh, and then again came out here and found land and to get over and then they they, they create did you ever watch old movies and in old movies they say you're not gonna make it kid you're going back to this they're going back to Hicksville right Dada Wilcox, the mother of Hollywood, was from Hicksville, Ohio. That's where that term came from. It was it was a reference to Mrs. Wilcox herself wow. going back to where yes, because the woman, the and so she's known as the mother Whitley. of Whitley, as, as yeah. Wilbur Whitley is the uh, is the father of Hollywood essentially. Wow. Okay, so here we are. So here is the Knickerbocker. Now, if, if I, in doing research on the Knickerbocker, if anyone that does research, you're going to run into story after story after story, right, wrong, contradicting the hell out of each other, uh, and that's that's it's it's. When I first moved here, in fact, you can just get in the shade yep. right there. Yeah. Yep. When I first moved here, uh, and I was giving tours, I found out that the person that taught me tours um, lied about almost everything. No. Was it at least entertaining? No. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes. If you're gonna lie, at least if make you. It fun. Oh no, 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 no. Because he talked about it like he was actually there for God's sake, and oh, that's what goodness. made it. I mean, it was like, oh, I mean, you, you. Now I give tours, and I'm very emotional because I'm really into this. But his was completely different, I guess. But anyway, um, and he would tell the, the main story. I always heard was because Valentino had a house that was up in Whitley Heights. Okay. And and Valentino would get on his horse and ride down here and tie his horse up and go sit in the bar and have drinks here. Was that normal? Did people ride horses oh, back yeah. then? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was normal. The fact that Valentino did that was not normal because when this opened, Valentino had already been dead for three years. So <laughs> that kind of... But here, again, research. This place was built in 1923 okay. or 26 or 7 or 8. It depends on which story you read. The plant was originally designed uh, by a guy named E.M. Frazier. Okay. Uh, and as far as I've been able to find out, it's the only building in Hollywood is that he designed. I've seen no other references of this man. Well, I got... Uh, and it was 1923 when it was actually originally started. Well, I got to tell you, it's not that impressive as far as architecture goes. It, originally, it was a really beautiful dark brown Spanish, had this really Spanish look to it. Uh, it's been renovated three times, uh, twice by Paul Revere Williams, uh, who got rid of the original Spanish look and actually made it look the way it looks now. Oh, so he also won. Did Elvis ever stay here? Yes, Elvis did stay here. Elvis stayed here when he made the movie. He was filming it. Why would he stay here? Was was there a, a was a RCA Studios around here? Well, RCA was down on down the street. In fact, that's the building down there. But I mean, I didn't equate it with any of that. It was just where celebrities and everybody stayed. I mean, this was a this was the place. This was a yeah. This was at the time. This was all kinds of people stayed here. It was a very important place to stay. Yeah. I also heard that uh, there's a tie with Houdini for this yes. movie. Um, now, people like to say that and Houdini stayed here. He didn't live here, but he did stay here numerous times when he was in th things like that. Um, and when he died, um, his he, he made an arrangement with, with Bess, his wife. And the arrangement was that you will have a seance, no more, no less, 10 years. So you, On the you, anniversary of my death, we will have a seance. And it's not always at the same spot. It would have, be at different places. In the hotel? No, different places. Oh, during life the last one was here people tend to think every one of them happened here on the roof no the last one was here on the roof and it was on the roof on uh, uh, on the 10th anniversary of his death and which one, was one question about that roof was this roof um, available for people to hang like is it cool to be on the roof 
from what I understand, yes, there's a beautiful picture of Elvis up there, as a matter of fact. Ah. Means, you find a really cool picture online of Elvis sitting up there. So, I mean, if you live here, I guess you can have access to it, I would, I would imagine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they had a table set up, and they had guests, and they had on the table, in the middle of the table, was um, there was a trumpet, tambourine, there were bells, there were all kinds of things, there were things to fly, and and it was an effort to, if his spirit is here, make yourself known. That kind of, now, they did have a secret word that was supposedly just between them, and from what I understand that word was believe if if believe ended up either whispered in her ear or somehow came then she would know that elvis that elvis that houdini came back from whatever but apparently no that did not happen uh but what did happen interestingly enough on that one time that that final date uh it did rain there was a there was a, a clap apparently a clap of thunder and some rain and from what i understand and this is sound hokey as hell yeah. on the roof of the hotel only on the whole It roof. didn't rain anywhere. There was no sort of rain happening, but it rained up there. They got rained on, apparently. And they the, 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 the belief is that that's Houdini's way of saying, we're done, see you later. You know, I'm out of here, if you believe that kind of thing. But supposedly it rained only there on top of the roof, yes. I want to believe this. I would love... Oh, that's one of those things I want... I'm, I'm, I don't know how I believe about that, but I would want that one to be absolutely true. I want to believe that Houdini is up in heaven, and, and he tells God or one of the angels... Look, I need to tell my wife I made it. And 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 the angel is like, we ain't got telephones up here. You can't. Well, can I ring the tambourine? Can I like do something? No, you can't touch it. You're a ghost. I can't. Yeah, you can't do anything. <laughs> and then finally, some you other. Have no form. That's right. A, that's a you're just a spirit. So oh so God. so I want to believe that some other angel is like Psst, Houdini. I know a guy that can make it rain. I love the way you think. I love this. This is this is. <laughs> Well, again, if you're going to make up something, it may as well be a good story. Well, I know, as long as it's not golden showers. Um, <laughs> okay, hold on. I got one other uh, question for you about the Knickerbocker. Yes. I'm a huge Nirvana fan. Are you too? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. I, 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 I don't you're know. lost with Nirvana. Yeah, I, Fine. Yeah. Nirvana has a song about Francis Farmer. Oh! Oh! And it's uh, it's on their last album. I'll have to listen to it. They're, I'll play it for you. It's it's their their final album, uh-huh. and it's called Frances Farmer Will Have Her Revenge on Seattle. Why Seattle? Because Nirvana's from Seattle. Oh, that's why. Okay, okay. But I heard that that Frances Farmer, who was a famous actress at the time, yes. was staying at the Knickerbocker, and for one reason or another, they she, she, well, Frances had problems. Um, she um, was in love with the director, who promised her they'd leave his wife. And didn't. Uh, that was the beginning of a spiral down that included a lot of alcohol. Um, and she was her own person. You know, she was she was the bad girl. She was the, the part of what was known as the Lucky Seven, uh, which was a group from uh, I think it was uh, Paramount. Uh, Marsha Hunt was the only one that really anything happened. And Marsha Hunt got accused of being a communist for God's sake. And and but all the rest, nothing. They were eventually called the Unlucky Seven. Is what they were actually <laughs> called. But yeah. Um, but she um, she was the, the bad girl. She smoked. She you know had her to do whatever she wanted to do. Why were they originally called the Lucky Seven? Because they were handpicked to be like this is the next generation of these are the best that we have, and and they were gonna and, and then, all women. Yeah, yeah. The so lucky. they were all pretty, probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, and Marsha Hunt was the only one that anybody even remembers. Uh, Francis Farmer because of what happened to Francis Farmer. Marsha Hunt because she was accused of being a communist. And the rest of them, not, it was it was one of the things you put all your eggs in one basket, and so that's how they got the nickname the Unlucky Seven. Okay, so Francis was staying at this. Staying hotel. here, yeah, staying here with her with her mom, and she had a. Uh, she'd been arrested for DUI uh, more than once and um, they came here uh, she didn't show up for court she uh, not court uh, for meeting her yes, for probation and um, she was 
hammered. She was arguing. They, she was in the shower. Uh, they wrapped her up in a shower curtain. She said, or, or she'd gotten out of the shower. She had just, all I saw was, you can see she has stockings on. Otherwise, as far as she didn't have anything else on. But she was hammered. They wrapped her up in a shower curtain and they dragged her out of her apartment and they brought her through here. People watching this happen. They brought her through the lobby and they took her to a sanitarium where she either had a frontal lobotomy or um, things like that. And there's different stories about what may have happened to her after that. Well, first of all, they couldn't just dry her off and put clothes on her. A no, dress. They, just, they 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 wrapped a they literally wrapped a shower curtain around her and dragged her, kicking and screaming. As one of the newspaper reporters, she did not go quietly. Good for she her. Was, uh, and I don't. Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? Don't run my life. Even if I'm ruining it myself, don't you run my life. Were, were, were sanitariums a normal thing back yes. then? Yeah. Which, which are kind of... You could, you could, and it, would, it didn't even take much. As a husband, you could say, oh, there's something with my wife, and she'd be off to the sanitarium, for God's sake. Wow. Oh, yeah, it was, it was not too difficult. Did Hollywood have any sanitariums? Actually, in Hollywood itself? Because I knew there was one in Santa Monica where Roy Disney was. That's the only one that I... The, the closest one that I knew of was the, the, the one in Santa Monica. So maybe know. maybe that's where she was? That might have been. Where she went. So they gave her a frontal lobotomy. Yeah. yeah. And... And her life was just... She never went back to being... I mean, she... And, and I she hear a shell of herself. I mean, yeah, you don't go back. You don't come back from that kind of crap. And so I hear when they dragged her out of here half naked, it was quite a spectacle. Oh yes, it was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, the news reports of it are fascinating to read, and the, and you can see some of the pictures of it and things like that. Like I said, the, the reporter said that's why he said she did not go quietly. It was it was quite a sight. <laughs> uh, we, we've said it's a retirement home. Yeah. Uh, not just a retirement home, but it's mostly retirees. And, that kind of thing. Uh, and the, what is the nightclub here, the All-Star Cafe, where Marilyn Monroe supposedly haunts the mirror? Marilyn Monroe haunts eight bathrooms in Hollywood. Either Marilyn Monroe had a really small bladder, or they're all fake stories. But, yeah, so she wants the bathroom in here, and there's a mirror in here. But these people eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, these retirees, in what is now a haunted, old haunted nightclub, apparently. That's why I'd love to go in there, just to hang out in there sometime. Oh, can I tell you one more story yes. about this place? I want to tell you about Spec. Where's Speck? Speck is a dog. The guy who owned, the guy who ran the place had an English setter named Speck. And Speck, he taught Speck. Speck would push the button for the elevator. Speck would let the tourist, the people get on first, then Speck would get on. Then Speck would get off, let the people get off. And Speck, Speck rang the, the for room service. Speck had run of the entire hotel, basically. And the dog's name was Speck. And people came here just to see Speck because the dog ran the place, essentially, for the owner. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's a dog named Speck. I love that. I just love that kind of stuff. First of all, where can people contact you? Uh, people can contact me. Um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do it the basics. You can find me on Instagram at, at Donnellywood, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y, W-O-O-D, Donnellywood56. That's me on Instagram. Um, I'm on... Um, Why 56? Oh, that's the year I was born. Oh, look at that. That's, that's the only way I can remember. <laughs> Uh, so there's that. You can find me at... You can email me at B as in boy, B-R-I-K... D is in dog, D-O-N, 1956, at gmail.com. It's the B-R-I from Brian, 
the K from Kenneth, and the D-O-N from Donnelly in 1956. I'll, I'll also put this on the website, too. Okay. So yeah, it's so, easy. So anybody, you can contact me. Um, and what I'm one of the things I'm trying to do is with I give walking tours on the boulevard. I also do crime scene tours if somebody wants to drive around, because I can't. But I'm trying to hook up with one of the independents here to with them so that they drive a tour bus and I can give my old tour the way that I need to. But it's mostly dead stuff. It's it's not just... Or, or I, I like doing the history more than I like doing the dead stuff. But I imagine if uh, a family of four from Ohio wants you for a couple hours oh, and, gosh, and they're yeah. like... You know, we've got little kids who might not know about these old timers. Do you got anything more current? Oh, heavens, yes. You can even just on the boulevard, you've got all kinds of current things. But in riding around and in doing, yes, there's, I, 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 I don't like the fact that people feel left out in certain things. So I try and include them. I do tours for school kids. I mean, I've done literally school kid groups anyway. Now, did you you used to work with dearly departed yes. tours? Yes. I, uh, did you give that to the kids? Do the kids want to know about the dead stuff? High school kids. Oh, heavens, yes. Yeah. They're kind of surprised by some of the photographs, like when you see the black dahlia lying there, the photographs like that, and, and you would show them in the books. Yes. Uh, but again, my goal in, in even that stuff, people know what they think they know. So my goal is like, like yours. It's like myth busting. Here's what you think you know, but here's the actual story. No, that didn't happen the way it did or that, that, that kind of thing. And that's, I, I like a tour full of what I call aha moments when people go, oh, I th that kind of thing where you're making them realize something that because they read Hollywood Babylon you, you, what, you, nobody can see you roll your eyes oh over, I'm sorry that's podcast. right they can't that's, yeah. um, it's so people shouldn't read Hollywood Babylon re, no on the contrary Hollywood Babylon is what gets most people into Hollywood history read it read it read it then do your own research and find out how much of it is not correct but read it as a basis so you have other things in doing my own research for any if I'm doing a tour and somebody says I want to specifically see this I will go heavily into it and I'll find contradictory things all over the place so you have to be able to tell both sides because one side is true well one thing i liked about um what you just told us about the roosevelt and marilyn monroe is there's so many marilyn monroe stories just like there's a lot of frank sinatra stories in la and i just tune them all out because i just assume most of them aren't true until i meet somebody like you who i trust and so I'll listen I to a lot you. of research. I'll listen to your Marilyn Monroe story because it's true. I do. I do. I'm, and again, that's that's how I've gotten the, the reputation that I've gotten, um, because I'm I I do try and, and and as much I try and be as completely honest as possible. And if I don't know something, I'm the first one to admit it. For God's sake, if somebody says no, I know this for a fact, then I will find out and you know and I'll correct myself. I've done that numerous times. I've been. I love what I do and I love talking about it and that's the difference. There's a tour guide that gives facts and there's a tour guide that lives facts. And I love this stuff and I could tell the same story over and over in the same day a hundred times and with the same because I it's just how I am and I'm and I'm really I'm lucky to, to have the life I have. You never get bored of Hollywood. Not one single bit. What did you do during COVID tour guides or tours? Well, I still go for walks every day. I go for I go for a walk on I I, I call it the loop, where I walk down towards Gower, down to Sunset, back up and around, and I, I walk all up the whole area. But here. did you miss being with the people? Yes, I still do. I I, I found out that a month and a half ago was my breaking point. Uh, I I have to go back to work. I it's 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 a must for me now. It's not even it, 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 I mean yes for all of us all of us are going through financial because the, no it's a mental. Um, 
I'm going to go nuts if I don't start giving tours again. And I really, and, and that's why, like I said the other day, walking down the street, two different times on my walk, I, in front of, I met two different groups of people in front of the Warner Theater where Carol Burnett used to work and told them the story about Carol Burnett working there and why her star is there. Completely random, but it felt so good to be able to, and to have that look and the feedback of somebody going, oh, thank you, and the, their eyes white. When you tell somebody that wants to hear something, a story, because they're interested, I, I, I always said I should have been a teacher. Well, I am. I teach Hollywood history and geography. And that's what makes me so fucking lucky. Is, and I get to meet people like you who also do the same thing and we get to share it with the world and that's why we live in the bucket list. People come here because they listen to this and they go, I want to go see what Tony talked about. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll see you uh, in the next neighborhood. Oh, please. Absolutely. Here in L.A. is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and the miraculous and handsome Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgone and Jordan Katz. We put out new episodes every Monday and Thursday, and we have a detailed corresponding blog post that goes with each interview that can be found at hereinla.com. Thanks to Elise Thompson of LA Beat, which can be found at thelosangelesbeat.com. Elise introduced us to Brian. Thank you. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo. Special thanks to Jen Adams for inspiring me to do this in Kim and Ars's backyard. Special shout out to Jordan for joining forces with me and really making this happen. Also, much love to Jason D for inspiring me to get the .com. Go to hereinla.com to find Brian's information, photos, and links, and book a tour with him when you're in town. You're going to love it. 